Welcome to another episode of Open Shop Podcast. Thank y'all for joining and joining me today. Before y'all do anything, man, make sure y'all like, subscribe, and share. Share with a friend, share with a mom, share with somebody, share with your ex. He wanna know, she wanna know, share with him. So, man, got a special guest today, man. Somebody hasn't been on in a minute, but me and him talk sports literally every day. I'm not even joking. Every day. We talk sports every day, and um, sometimes we have our disagreements. I ain't going to lie. A lot of times we have our disagreements, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm joining my man, Lawrence, man. Lawrence, how you doing? Good, good. Glad to be here. Glad to be back in the house. Yeah, man. Glad to have you, man. Like I said, me and you, we just we just seem to, ne- to never agree on anything. So we're going to see how today goes and see if we can agree on something today because uh, we, we always have our moments. Uh but we're going to jump right into it. The first thing that we're going to talk about, so as you know, everyone, but if you don't know, we're going to put you on. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game is coming up, and it's going to be in Cleveland this year. So NBA All-Star Game is going to be in Cleveland. Um, of course, the players get like two weeks off for rest and all that during this time. Um, but the fan vote has been going on for the last two to three months. And the fan vote is coming to the end on January 22nd. So that's that's very soon. The fan vote, um, the All Star Game is going to be played on February twentieth. So, what me and Lawrence is going to do today is going to give y'all predictions on who we think will make the All Star Game for both East and West. Um, let me just break down the rules because I know some people don't actually know how the All Star Game works because it did change recently, not too recently, like a couple years ago, but it did change um, as far as who gets elected. So, All Star Game used to be a hundred percent fan vote. So it used to be 100% whoever the fans voted for as a starter, that's who would start. Now, the reserves were always decided by um, the coaches, but the fans decided who started. And people, if you don't know, a couple, like not too long ago, Zaza Pachulia, if you don't know, he was a center. Um, his most claim to fame was when he was playing the center for the Golden State Warriors when they won the championship. Um, he was almost voted as an all-star starter one year. Twice, actually. Back-to-back years, he was almost voted as an all-star starter. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was bots voting him. I don't know if his whole country was voting him. But he was almost voted. So after that happened, back-to-back years, the NBA decided to change the criteria for all-star starters. They broke it down into 50% of the vote is decided by the fans. The other 50% is split it, 25 apiece, for players that are currently in the NBA and media. So the media, fans, and current NBA players vote on the starters. And the average of the, the average of your ranking, so let's make an example. If LeBron is, is voted number one player in his position by the fans, voted number two by the current players, and voted number three by the media. The average of that one, two, three is going to be his ranking. And whoever ranks in this top five in each conference, those who are going to be your starters. So now that we got that out of the way, me and Lawrence is going to talk about who we think will be the starters this year. So I'm going to give y'all the breakdown of the last results. And after I do this, we're going to see we're going to see who who because we, we had a we had a lot of debates about who who should and who shouldn't be a starter. <laughs> And Lawrence, I, I already know who he's going to say. I know one person he's going to say. I don't know who all he's going to say, but one person for sure. So 
just to give you the top five for each position. And also another thing that was changed in the NBA some years ago was instead of voting for point guard, shooting guard, small four, power four, and center, it's voted on front court, back court. It's if you're a front court player, you vote in the front court spots. If you're a back court player, you vote in the back court spot. That's how it's voted on now. So um, the front court players in the Western Conference, the leaders are the overall leader is LeBron James. And I got something to say about that too. And I'm, I'm going to talk about it later on. The overall leader is LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins make a res, uh, resurgence, Paul George, and Anthony Davis. Um, for the front courts for the uh, Easter Conference, it's going to be Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler. For guards for the West Coast, and this is also, like I said, this is the fan, the most recent fans' results for fan voting. Um, it's Steph Curry, John Morant, Luka Doncic, Clay Thompson, and Devin Booker. And for the Eastern Conference, the guards are the uh, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, Zach Levine, James Harden, and LaMelo Ball. So those are the that's the top five for fan votes for the uh, East and West front court and back court. Now that we got all those the rules and stuff out the way, now everybody's on the same page. Let's get into the fun part. Lawrence, you are the guest, so I'm going to throw it to you, but we're going to bounce off each other. So how it's going to work is you do the Western Conference front court, then I do the Western Conference front court, then I'm going to do the Eastern Conference front court first, then you do the Eastern Conference front court, then you're going to do the Western Conference guards first, then I'm going to do the Eastern Conference guard first. So so pretty much you predict that Western Conference first, I'll predict the Eastern Conference first, then we come back and do the same thing for each other. So we're going to see where we're at. So, of course, it's only five. We're going to do starters first, y'all. So, it's only five starters. It's If you play basketball, you know you're going to play five people at one time. Well, you technically, rules, you're going to play five. I'm going to talk about that street stuff y'all be playing with six. <laughs> on the, I mean, you're talking about regular basketball. It's only five people on the court at one time on each side. It's ten total. So, Lawrence, I'm throwing it to you. Front court, Western Conference, who are your starters? We just need three names. Who do you think is going to start in the Western Conference in the All-Star game? Sure. So, first – I got LeBron. Uh, got Bron on there simply because of longevity. I don't know too many 37-year-olds that's catching reverse alley-oops. So I, I don't know. It, now, I am a believer that, like, once you break through that threshold of getting in the All-Star game that first time, you pretty much a lock unless you just have a tremendous drop-off. So I got LeBron. I got Jokic. I thought Jokic is the most disrespected MVP in the last probably decade or so. Like, no one talks about him. No one gives him credit. He's still doing MVP numbers yet again. And I got Draymond Green. I got Draymond Green on there because Golden State is at the top. And although Curry is kind of like, you know, the the um, the pe- the thing that people come to see, you, you want to see the threes, Draymond is the heart and soul of that team. And he's not averaging double digits in any category, but his presence is definitely felt when he's on the court and it is missed when he's not on the court. And given that where they are in the, uh, in the Western conference right now, I feel like it's hard to overlook Draymond as a part of their success. Hey, that coming. Hey, Hey, okay. I see how you coming. That, I did not expect you to say Draymond Green, and it's 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 tricky because, like, of course, of course, I'm gonna say I got LeBron, I got uh, Joe, I got both of them too. But that third spot is so tricky because Paul George, he was one that was leading, but he's injured. 
Some people got Andrew, Andrew Wiggins is leading the fan vote right now, but it's like Andrew Wiggins. Like I know he was number one former number one pick, but nobody really look at Andrew Wiggins as an all star starter. And Draymond is in that sixth spot for fan voting. So it and like you said, the Warriors have been on a slide since Draymond has been out. Like they it, they have been on a slide since Draymond has been on it, and that's and that's just for sure. Uh, but for me. I like the Draymond pick, but I like I said, I got LeBron, I got Yoke, and I'm going with uh, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I feel like this is the final, final this is finally going to be the year that Carl Anthony Towns will get into the All Star game as a starter. He never, he can't win over there. He's his team about to get taken over by um, Anthony Edwards if he don't get his act together. Um, but yeah, I got I got Carl Anthony Towns. So. Now we can move on to the Eastern Conference front court, and that's going to be me um, to go first on this one. So, okay, so let me – okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask you how you want to do this, Lawrence. KD recently got, recently got injured. So he may or may not play in the All-Star game. Do you feel like he still should count in this moment or we should leave him out? Uh, to me, it's hard. It, like you said, it's a hard because I feel like there's a few guys that are in that category. Yeah, like you said, Paul George. Um, one could throw Anthony Davis's name in that category because Anthony's supposed to come back on this road trip. There's a few yeah. dudes that are hurt. That is kind of like, well, if he's back, he already has the fan votes. Um, I'm gonna tell you now. I put KD there. I, okay. I have KD there. I was gonna well. say, let's just let's just say how we got it. And we let the, the NBA deal with replacing people if they don't play. Right, right. Adam's good for that. Yeah, exactly. So right now, of course, I'm I'm going with uh, Kevin Durant. First of all, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the reigning Finals MVP champion, and for that last spot, I'm going with a man that's kind of making a a, a, a mid season surge for MVP in Joel Embiid. He was my MVP last year. And um, he got injured, and he he would have won if he stayed healthy, but he didn't. So I'm going with Joel and B. So those those were the three I pretty much voted for all year this year was Giannis, KD, and Joel. Jason, every now and then I voted for him, but he just he not on that tier of players. Like he's he's on a certain tier, and I know Lawrence got all, he he has a, he he has some personal against Jason Tatum, but uh, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got I got KD, Giannis, and Joel. Who you who you got in that uh those that three spot for them? That, so, my three spots and this might sound like an echo, but I got KD, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. I just feel like Joel Embiid is like you said, making a late surge push. Just matches career high the other night with fifty points. Been playing so well that Daryl Morris come off his high horse and say, well, maybe we don't need a, a top 15 player for Ben Simmons. Maybe we just need a top 40 player. So that's interesting. I've always felt like Joel could be the best player in the East, let alone the league, if he were ever, like, dedicate to conditioning and, you know, really demand the ball. But it's like he he's good for these little spurts, these little two, three months where he just totally dominates um, now, if you can do it in the playoffs, that's yet to be seen. Uh, Giannis, look, I come down hard on Giannis a lot. Talk a lot. about it. Talk about it. <laughs> a lot. But I tell you what, 
I was watching the game a couple weeks ago when they when they routed Golden State, and I really had to ask myself, is Giannis this good? Is Giannis top three in the league? And when you sit back and you look at the numbers, the boxes are all checked if you look at the numbers. Well, when you watch him, give him the eye test, those boxes are all checked too for the most part. He does have his weaknesses like shooting and free throws. But like you always say, what player is perfect? So, I mean, he yet again, he's still putting up MVP numbers yet again. So I, that's why I have Giannis. And I got KD there because despite all the turmoil with Kyrie and James Harden not being his former self like he was in Houston, Brooklyn is still right there. And when KD is on, arguably the best player in the world. So those are my three front court players for the East. Yeah. Yeah, so we we pretty much like you said, it's Echo. We both got the same thing, and I pretty much I feel I feel like that's unanimous across the board for most people. Those three just have it locked up. As long as all three are healthy and able to play uh, for the week that weekend, those three should be the starters for that weekend. Um, no, like nobody else. It's as good as Jason Tatum is playing, even though his team is not winning at the level that they probably should be winning. Um, it should definitely be those three. So let's jump back into the the west the west west side. So these are just two spots now, and I know we're gonna I know we're gonna disagree with here. So I'm I'm ready for it. Um, these are these are the guards for the Western Conference All Star team, and it is on you to select who are the two starters for the guards of the Western Conference. So before I give these picks, I just know for all y'all people listening out there. Don't come for me. I know how y'all like to tussle over NBA selections and all that kind of stuff. I'm not here to ruffle feathers. I'm going off who has produced and despite injuries, who has been able to stay at a high level. So my starter is Curry and Luca. When I <laughs> <laughs> The fact that Luca had coming back from I'm not sure if it was COVID or if he was hurt, but it's like a it's like a different animal. And I tell you, for all the listeners out there, I have been on Jaws bandwagon almost all season. He's done incredible things. He's really put Memphis back on the map from the grindhouse days. But Ever since Luca handed him that L to break that ten streak, uh, the ten game winning streak, it's almost as if it the hot air balloon just lost all its air, and Jaw isn't necessarily doing the things that you would want to see from All Star, let alone an MVP candidate, which he is. But like Matt always says, it's levels to it, and that game where Luca just took. Every, every it doesn't matter if it was Desmond Bain, if it was John Morant, if it was Zaire Williams. I'm taking all y'all below the free throw line, and I'm gonna rock you to sleep. And that right there was a settlement to me, the difference maker. Because look at look at Dallas right now. Dallas is surging, surging. So, and Curry, I, th- I feel like Curry speaks for himself. I mean, man's having a terrific year, although he's kind of softened up right now. I feel like he's just pacing himself for the long haul of the season because it's a marathon, not a sprint. He's getting older with age, so he can't be out there doing what he used to do, running three miles a game and putting up 30 points a game. 
So, but Curry, uh, yeah, I feel like Curry's a lot. But yeah, Luca got it for me. Man, 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 man! I didn't expect that. I just y'all. Let me let y'all. I'm, let me take y'all behind the curtain for everybody else to listen. Me and Lawrence have been debating Luca over Ja for the longest, and like he just said, he admitted it. He was a Ja man. He Ja was his guy, but now he's uh he's 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 of what he seems lately. So he not. I'm not trying to make it seem like he just automatically switched up on us. He said he gave his broke breakdown on why he switched up. Since that, when Luca broke that game winning streak, and since Luca has been playing good of late, because he Luca just played uh, had a game the other night, which they did lose, but they won they had won ten of the last eleven games, so they've been winning and they've been climbing up the Western Conference ladder. And uh, and my biggest thing, um, I'm talking about predictions. I got the same. I got Curry and I got Luca. Curry has been sliding though, man, because. Look, I'm not sure what's like. I'm a, I'm just take, chalk it up to what you just said, Lawrence. As far as he just he knows he can't give it out every every game because he it's a marathon, not a sprint. Because when he started out the season, he was going crazy. And the game last night that I watched when they played, um, the the commentators were talking about it. This is his worst three point percentage in a long time. Like he and it, and, and it, when you say worst, it's thirty eight percent. Some players, if they were shooting 38% from the free L, shooting 13 threes a game, that would be a, a career year for them. But for Curry, the bar is so high that him shooting 12, 13 threes a game at only 38% is his career low. And in, in the last five, probably more than at least five years, he's been over 40% from the three. And now going into this year, he's currently at 38%, and this is his career low. And that's that's how high the bar is for him. Because, like I said, if LeBron was shooting that, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, LeBron's going to stop. If, if, imagine if, if Giannis Antetokounmpo was shooting 12 threes a game and he was shooting 38%. People would call him the, like the greatest player of all time. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, man, so he has make a, has dip, but he still earned that starting spot. So he definitely should be the starter. And um, for – the second play, I got Luca. I used to think Luca's a better overall player than Ja. Ja is right there, and Ja is playing dynamic. I know a lot of people think I be, um, I dislike Ja. I, like I said, I always bring up the conversation I had in the group me when I found out it was a uh, Ja Morant stand group me, and the whole group me jumped on me because I said he was uh, overhyped. And they were killing me. Like, it was like eight against one, and I was just like, what the hell? I didn't know y'all love Ja in here like that. So, um, and all I said was he was overhyped and they went crazy. So to me, I said it, I said it before and I told Lawrence this. I think Ja Morant career would be 2.0 version of Damian Lillard. I think they would have similar careers. Lawrence actually sent me an interesting fact earlier today where they compared Ja Morant's stats to Derrick Rose's stats when he won MVP. And that's not a bad comparison either. So if you say Ja Morant is can be he's a 2.0 version of Derrick Rose if Derrick Rose doesn't get injured. I can see that as well. But to me, Derrick Rose, John Morant, and Damian Lillard all have one thing in common. I feel like none of those players can be the best player on a championship team. And that's why I think going to be their show coming. Derrick Rose, you can't count him technically because he got injured, so we never got to see his peak. But in those Chicago years, when it came time to really get over that hump, when he, had a, when he was crewed up, he couldn't get past LeBron. There's no shot against him because who can get past LeBron? It's LeBron James. But when it when it came time to really put shackles on something, LeBron James came out and said, "I got the MVP." He said, "Let." He said, "I'm holding the MVP." 
and he was talking about the red Derrick Rose. That was the year Derrick Rose won the MVP over LeBron, and that was LeBron's first year in Miami. LeBron, it was clutch time. LeBron said, I got MVP. And he locked Derrick Rose up for the rest of the game, for the rest of the fourth quarter. So that's that's what I mean. Like, that's when I said I don't think players like that can be the best player on the championship team. Cause you got players out there that's like LeBron. Like today, I can see somebody like um, what's his name? John Santa Kumbo doing that. Like, I got MVP. That's me. And I know he got he caught a lot of flack two, three years ago when he didn't hold Jimmy Butler. And when it came clutch time, and now this past year, he showed that he stepped up and held the, the number one player on the other side when they was cooking. I seen him hold Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard was cooking them one game. And and Luke, I mean, um, Greek jumped on him, and he shut Kawhi down for the last two minutes of the game. That's the kind of stuff people like Lawrence like to see when it come down to it. Like, is you going to be that guy to step up? We know what you can do when everything's ideal and everything's perfect. But can you be that guy to step up in a situation where everybody know what you're going to do? Can you still do it? When everybody know you got to shoot the ball, can you still shoot it and make it? That was, those are situations that um, I feel like players like Ja, Derrick Rose, and Dame Lillard, they just can't get over that hump. But I got Luka. I got uh, Curry. And um, it's funny that we, we finally agree on that. And, and it may end up being Ja as a starter. And I, and I think me and me all Lawrence would not be upset about that because I think Ja – earned it and he should be he he could be there but if it was me i put luca there so all right jumping into the uh the east coast eastern conference starters so i think me and you're gonna be completely different on this honestly because this one is like it can it, it I, i'm not even joking this honestly could be six different players and i'm not even yeah, this, was tough. this was tough yeah <laughs> this honestly could be six different players like if somebody told me James Harden and DeRozan. Oh, somebody told me Zach Levine and DeRozan. Oh, somebody told me Trey Young and Zach Levine. Like this can be like you never like it can go different ways. So for me, for me, I'm going with Trey Young and James Harden. And then, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going with Trey Young and Demar DeRozan. I'm gonna take my bias out of it. I want I wanted Harden to get it, but he has been letting me down this season. But I can't discredit what Demar DeRozan has been doing. I never thought I'd see the day when DeMar DeRozan would be a, 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 a starter in the um, Eastern Conference All-Star game. I know he had his peaks when he was in t- on Toronto, and I give him that. But I'm talking about in this stage of his career. I, I thought I thought those days were over. He proved me wrong. I thought he wasn't the same player anymore. He proved me wrong with that, and he's balling, and I want to give him all his credit. He's doing his thing. And Trayton is just putting up crazy numbers. His team is not winning at the clip they should be winning. A lot of people expected more things from them coming into the season, especially making a run in the Eastern Conference last year. And to see him kind of not live up to that hype, it's kind of disheartening for me being a Trey Young fan, being all the, all the praise I gave him last year. So it's disheartening. He's still balling. He's still putting up numbers. But it's just that record, man, that record, that record, that record, Trey. And I, you can't blame it on the talent because that team is stacked. Like, that team is, like, I know y'all just got with the Cam Cam Reddish, but outside of, like, y'all got Cam, y'all got Clint, y'all got John, y'all got, like, y'all got some hoopers over there. So, you got to figure it out some way. And you being a point guard, you being that main guy, you got to figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with Trey, and I'm going with uh, DeMar. I want, like I said, I wanted to go with James Harden. That's why I said James Harden first, but I'm going to leave my bias out of it and not go with Harden. I'm going to go with what's on the court. So, who you got there, Lawrence? All right, so this one for sure. This is probably going to be the most unpopular pick I got. Um, again, y'all basketball heads out there don't come for me. Look, I call them as I see them. And I think it's time 
that we start paying attention to all across the league, across association, and not just the big name highlights. So with that being said, I got Fred Van Vliet and Jalen Brown. These two guys have been on a tear all year long, not just the last month, not the last week, but all season long. One could argue that their respective teams wouldn't be where they are without both of them. Because Jason Tatum, I'm going to say I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Jason Tatum, a black hole. JT, if you're listening to this, Marcus was right for calling you out. There have been ample times where I've watched the game and you chunk up a shot when there's somebody wide open. That's not Mamba mentality, bro. Although a lot of people like to joke around like, oh, Kobe. No, bro. Kobe's thing was win by any means. And if that means passing to somebody wide open and get a layup, that's what I'm going to do. Now, Fred. Fred been balling. Fred got paid. Fred got, and he's been balling. And I know you don't like his leadership. He's starting to come around a little bit more. He might have that little man syndrome, but he's there now. And I feel like with Scotty Barnes, um, they're just a, a young, scrappy team that is okay with flying under the radar. But they know come playoffs, if you beat us four times, you earn that. Like, you you beat us four times. They're not going to give nothing away. So that's why I got Fred. No, so I wasn't going to give to DeMar, but truth be told, I couldn't tell the difference between DeMar or Zach. So I was like, you know what? Let me just not even pick one of them. I'm not going to pick between the both of y'all. I don't want to tear teammates apart. Like, we, we're not a fan of that. So went with Jalen. And then I wasn't going to give to Trey. But like you said, I'm not in the business of rewarding a, a bad performance as a team. Like, it's good and all to get your numbers, but anybody can be the go-to man on a bad team. I mean, what? I mean, who, who else going to get shots besides Trey Young, if we're being honest? The, the, they might have the ballers skill-wise, but no one's taking them type of shots but Trey. So that's the reason why I don't have Trey starting. No, I can, def- I can definitely see that kind of caught me off guard. So <clears throat> I would say this. Like I said, we talk sports every day all day. Shout out to the crew that we talk sports with, X, uh, Dev, and uh, Meg. Shout out to them every day. Uh, I can definitely see why. And, and I will say I did speak on my, my disdain for Fred Van Fleek's leadership. I will say he has come around and he's showing better leadership qualities of late. And and it takes that sometimes. Sometimes when you get when you get thrown in that leadership spot, sometimes you have some growing pains, and you got to learn what what you can and can't do. Like everybody can't lead the same. Everybody you can't talk to the same way. Some people need to be yelled at. Some people need to be um, encouraged. You know what I'm saying? It just you got to find that 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 what works for that team. And I feel like he's finding that with that squad. Um, going going into this season and uh and James Harden like I said the same thing about James Harden I said the same thing about Zach Levine like those two players what I seen them they say they said certain stuff to the media early on in their careers and I was just like bro like you supposed to be the leader of the team why would you say that to the media like like James Harden when he first got to Houston he said uh me and me and uh me and Dwight Howard the only stars on the team everybody else just the others or something like that and I was just like why would you say like his teammates came out and said, I don't feel like I'm just an other. I feel like I'm a key contributor to the team just just as well as him as they should. So why would you go even if that's how you feel? Why would you say that to the media? It's like disrespecting your teammates. So 
he showed over the years, James became a better leader. And over the years, I think Fred is becoming a better leader. And Zach Levine, too, he once he said to the media once, he said, We can't, even if, even if it's true, though, I'm, I'm not saying these players are lying, but even if it's true, you don't say it. And what I'm saying about Fred, um, Zach, he said, He said, We can't win unless I drop 40. That's probably true because y'all suck back then. But you're making your teammates feel, feel like they chopped liver. Like, yeah, y'all, y'all suck. Like, we not winning unless I just go crazy. If I don't go crazy, we we not good enough. Y'all not good enough to carry us to win. That's not good. That's not putting confidence into them. At least not for me. If I was their teammate, I wouldn't feel good about that statement. But they show leadership qualities and they picked up leadership qualities over the years. And I want to say that about Fred. Fred seemed like he got better, and he's doing a he, he's doing a better uh, job at being a leader. So I'm surprised at that pick. I, I always knew you was a big Jalen Brown fan, and I always knew you was big on Jalen. So that. That surprised me that you put him in the starting lineup, but it kind of don't. It doesn't, because before we move on to the next part, we're gonna we're gonna do reserve players too. But before we move on to that, I just want to ask you one thing, one thing. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who's a better player? Who but so it's tricky, right? It's tricky. It's tricky. If you're talking about who just the like, like. Gifted score. That's Jason Tatum. I mean, you can put man in the phone booth and he'll get you thirty five easy. Yeah, but you talking about someone that went and got it out the mud? That's Jalen Brown, and I feel like it shows in their game. Jason is more of a finesse. Um, if you hit him on the wrist and the ref don't call it, he go sit there and cry. Jalen go go dunk on you. Jalen like Jalen not going pout. Jalen gonna go go get it. Jalen gonna guard the other team best player. Not saying that Jason can't, but he doesn't. So I'll say that if you, if I, if I was going to build a team the, on their current trajectory right now, I'm taking Jalen, simply because of what what Marcus Smart called him out for. Like, dude, you don't pass the ball, and there have been a handful of games where I don't know what Brad Steam Brad Stevens is trying to build in Boston, but like Marcus said. People know it's either going to Jason or Jalen. And when it goes to one of those two, it's like lights out. They don't see nobody else on the court, especially Jason. So to me, Jason, Trey Young, um, Russell Westbrook, they got this type of mindset to where it's like when the ball touches their hands, I don't got to pass the ball. I'm just going to go score and get mine. Unless it's a little shovel dump off pass at the rim or a half-court alley-oop pass. So I'm rocking with Jalen Brown. I agree. I I agree. I mean, I, I agree. I would take Jason uh, Tatum over um, Brown, but everything you said as far as mentality, as far as being a team, more of a team player, not saying Jason is not a team player, but sometimes when you're in a tough situation, you just fall back to your instincts. And what I, what I mean by that is, like, you can practice on, okay, I got to get these involved. I got to get these involved. But when you're in that moment when you're getting doubled, you like, ooh, yo, 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 the first thing go click in is your instinct, and your instinct is to score. You got something, and sometimes I feel like that's with Jason. I feel like he wants to be like people keep calling him out, and I feel like he wants to be a better player overall. But I just feel like he he got to build that in his mind to do that. It, it's like when Tiger Woods was trying to force himself to learn a new swing. Like he had some down slides because of that, but once he got broke broke through that mentally, he was he was Tiger again, and couldn't nobody touch him. And I feel like Jason was around the area where he got to do that. So listen, you know, go ahead. Um, it actually kind of reminds me of Braun, not to compare him. It reminds me of Braun in Miami 
when he kept deferring, 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 and people had to say, like, bro, take over. And Dwayne, he had to tell you, bro, this is your team. I need you to go get a bucket. We're trying to win. And I feel like, like you said, Jackson's in that hard spot to where it's like all my life from Chaminade High School to Duke to now, he's been out there to score. I remember when Jabari Parker had that interview in Chicago when he said, they didn't bring me here to play defense. They brought me here to score. (laughs) That's Jason's mentality. But it's like, I don't think he's able to connect the dots with how to pass and facilitate and free himself open. Because I'll tell you this, I follow his trainer, Drew Hanlon, on on Instagram. They're not working on no passing drills. They They don't work on that. They work on um, pick and roll scoring, step back, side steps, all that kind of stuff. They work on scoring situations. They don't work on that playmaking situations like you might see from LeBron, Paul George, Chris Paul, even Devin Booker. But you see it hurts him in the playoffs because when the game slows down, people will sit on him and Jalen. Facts, facts, facts. So now we're going to move into these reserves. So um, for the people out there listening, let me give you some rules again. So the reserves are – the rosters are of seven – I mean, 12 players each. Five starters, seven reserves. So the reserves are picked from whatever. They're not picked – you got to have a certain amount of guards, a certain amount of – it's whatever, who you want. So if you pick all guards, that is what it is. I mean, the big man going to be mad. They're going to be pissed now. But it is what it is. So it's not a certain thing. And – the all-star voting, like I said, it ends on January 22nd, and the starters are announced on January 27th. So the, the voting ends on the 22nd, starters are announced on the 27th, and the reserves are announced on the 3rd. Now, the reserves, like we said about the starters, the starters are picked from the fans, the media, and current NBA players. The reserves are picked from NBA coaches, the current NBA coaches in the NBA. So they pick the reserves, and that's selected on February. That's announced on February 3rd. And then, of course, they have uh, they have the draft and all that, yada, yada, yada. We don't have to get into all that. But they have the draft and all that, then the All-Star Weekend and all that. But I just want to get, get those rules out of the way. So we have seven players. So I'm going to go first with the Eastern Conference again. And I'm gonna let you do the West. Uh, well, we both gonna do both. But I'm gonna do East first, and you go the West first, and we go kind of bounce off each other. So the, the East was kind of kind of tough for me. And I'm gonna say this because when I say I wanted to pick all guards, I damn near pick all guards. <laughs> and there's no hate against the big man. Like it's no hate against the big man. So and because some some players out out East been making some some. Some leaps, man. Like uh, Miles, Miles Bridget. If y'all not paying attention to Miles Bridget down there in, in Charlotte, he's balling right now, man. These last, like, he's averaging twenty a game right now. But he, like, he started out the season kind of low, and he kind of been on a terrible blade. He's balling. You still got Chris uh, Millicent that he's still doing his thing, and you still got players out there that they've been all stars in the past that's still out there, like uh, Sabonis. He's still doing – they losing, but he's still doing this thing. Like, Julius Randle, they they kind of losing, but bam, out of bio. Like, you still got players out there. You still got big men out there that's not putting up a lot of numbers, but they're playing defense and getting rebounds. You got Jared Allen, 16 points a game, 10 rebounds. You got Clint Capella. He's been injured of late, but Clint is a, um, is a baller. So, that's why I said the East was kind of tough for me because those are just the bigs. You know what I'm saying? When I say bigs, I mean, like, um, front court players. But then you look into the guards, I put Trey Young – 
and the role in my starter, but see, you still got Zach Levine, you got Jalen Brown, you got Bradley Bill, you got James Harden, you got Fred Van Fleek. Uh, I don't know how people feel about Tyler, Tyler Hero. You got uh, Darius Garland. You still got Melo Ball. So it's it's really tough. So for me, for me, I'm gonna pick my seven, and I'm just gonna leave it out to basketball guys to judge me on what they think. <laughs> so I got. I got Zach, like I said, it's seven. So I got my first one is Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, James Harden. Some people going to be mad, but it is what it is. LaMelo Ball. I'm going to let you know now who I'm leaving off, so it won't be no confusion. Bradley Bill is not making my all-star team. Jimmy Butler is not making my all-star team. Yeah, so. Jalen Brown. I got two more spots. So let me make sure I got it right. I don't want to confuse. Start over. Zach, Jason, Tatum, Melo, Jalen Brown, James Harden, Darius Garland. Yes, Darius Garland should be an all-star this year. If you don't know who Darius Garland is for the casual fans, he is the point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he has been on the tail. Me and Lawrence had a bet before the season. I said, uh, Sexton, Carlin Sexton will be an all-star this year. Sexton got hurt the first month of the season, so my man could not be an all-star this year. But if he was in that same spot with Darius Garner, he would have been an all-star. I'm going to stick by that. I don't care what nobody say. If he would have been healthy, he would have been an all-star this year. But I'm going to jump off that tape. And my last spot, um, I truly want to give it to a big man since I just named out so many guards. Outside, I mean, I don't know how people feel about Tatum. He's not really a guard to me. But he's not really a big man to me. He's more of a wing player. So I want want to show the big man so love. And the player I want to give it to, man, is Jared Allen. Jared Allen, man. I will say Clint, and I love Clint. But Clint been injured these last couple games. He's been out for a while. That's the only reason I want to give it to him. But I want to show some love to the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they're doing over there and how they rebuild that organization. And they got a black GM, a black coach, and they're doing good things over there. And I'm not saying I'm not giving it to it because of race thing. I'm just pointing it out because a lot of black executives don't get love. So I'm just wanting y'all to know, I, know after they got the they got the combo, black GM, black coach, and they're doing a good job of rebuilding that team. So just to go over it one more time, I know I'm catching flack. I left Bam out. I left some bonus. I left uh, Chris Middleton. I left uh, Julius Randle. Left all of them out. Yes, I know. I know. I know. I don't know how people feel about Tobias Harris. Left him out. OG. Left OG out. I was just talking about Miles Bridges. Left Miles out. So I know. I know. So my seven again. I got Zach, Jason Tatum, Melo Ball, Jalen Brown, James Harden, Darius Garland, and Jared Allen. Lawrence, the floor is yours. All right, all right. So, it, like you said, it's hard to, like, oh, yeah, try to get big guys in. That's why I hate when they change the rule because this is kind of like, at this point, whoever win to be, like, the captain, can just pick, pick up their homeboys. Like, I thought that takes a lot out of it. But I got LaMelo Ball. Mike got one right. He changed LaMelo and Miles changing the culture down there. Now, granted, I ain't got Miles on here. You see, look, my rule for those y'all don't know, I say this rule all the time in our chat. It's cute to do something at a high level for one year. You got to come back and do it again. You got to come back and do it when people know, okay, this man got a shot now. Now let me play him. Then let me see if you're doing the same numbers. Then we can come back and have this conversation. Hey, but to hey, somebody I'm off the ball, I'm go let, ahead. I'm gonna let you finish, but 
Facts. He that's his stand. Like I'm not even joking. Like I'm talking about a player can go stupid for one year. But if you don't do it back to back years, Lawrence is not trying to give you no credit. That's a fact. None. It's easy because it's kind of like the easy cop out is that wasn't on film. And we've all had to pick up games where you walk on, you say, All right, I got next, and you plan to get somebody, you don't know who that person is, and they burn you. They hit every jump shot. Well, I didn't know any better. But now that I know, I can play you differently. So, Miles, you're having a great season, my God. Great season. Your fashion is up there, too. But you ain't making the cut this year. I got Chris Middleton you know, um, on there. Like I said, this man, Matt, has been praising Milwaukee since 2020, y'all. Drilling them in my head. And I'm fine. I'm not saying I'm coming around the corner yet, but I'm, I'm warming up the car. Because it's just like every time I'm like, yeah, they're going to lose or, or they're not that good. They shut me up. And it's kind of at the point to where it's now like you got to call a thing a thing. And Crispin, look, I think I heard Jay Will said it on first take. He said, although Giannis is the best player on Milwaukee, I don't trust him down the stretch of a game with the ball in his hands. But I tell you who I do trust, Chris Middleton. And it – Man's the man's makes he make hard shots he take hard shots. Then I got Jason Tatum. Um, although I do come down hard on JT, you got to give respect where respect due. At least things could be worse. They could be in the 12th seed like Atlanta, but they not. I got Darius Garland on there. He working. He working, and it's hard when you out in Cleveland, and there's no other like talent. Or, now, granted. They got the they, they got the young stud Evan Mobley, and they roll out with a big lineup with almost everybody six ten and above. But Darius Garland has been working. I got Trey Young on there. Got to give him respect. He he's holding them just above water. You know that net is right just above water. But if if the playoffs started today, they'd be in the. Would they be in the play? I don't think they'd be in the play in, but. They write this. I think they're like a game out of the play-in. So um, we'll have to see if they can beat Miami tonight. Um, I got Zach Levine and I got DeMar DeRozan to close it out. Those two right there have just been phenomenal for Chicago. Um, honestly, I'm a little spite because DeMar's supposed to be in the purple and gold this year. But you can't, you can't dub what they're doing. Like, they're having a fantastic year. And I don't think anybody thought that they would gel this quickly together given that both of them have a subpar three ball. And really, you didn't know whose team it would be coming into it because DeMar is a strong, a willed person. Zach's a strong, willed person. So I didn't know who would really be willing to give up leverage. But it seems like neither of them have to give up leverage. They're really just playing within each other. No, I agree with that 100%. Uh, um, as far as the, uh, the Zach, I'm not Zach, yeah, Zach Levine and um, – the more point because I, I I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna be frank. I did not think it was gonna work before the season. I said, dog, they signing all these players. They signing Melo. They signing the, the Mar. They signing um Alice Caruso. Like this is not gonna work, bro. I said they this about to be a a, a ball of fire. And they proved me hundred percent wrong, hundred percent wrong. And I take that on the chin. They proved me hundred percent wrong, and I, and I and I can say that I can attest to that. So just moving to the Western Conference. So this one was a bit more easier, I will say. This was a bit more easier. 
it's crazy. The West is usually the one with the least talent. The East is usually the one. I mean, the West is one the one with the most talent, and the East is one with the least talent. But this was a bit more easier for me. Like the talent in the West kind of stands above the rest. So, the just the names, the name the players I got. I kind of got this one ready. Uh, Christoph Porzingis, I got him in there. A big. I got Christoph Porzingis. Yes, I got I got Bi. I got Bi in there. Yes, I got no, 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 not Bi, not Bi, not Bi, not Bi. I'm sorry, Bi. Bi was one I was contemplating on putting in there. The guy that I took, I had Bi in there at first, but I took Bi out for the John Murray, the point guard for the San Antonio Spurs. I feel like if you go look at his stat line, he's averaging last month. Look, it was like 18, 8, and 8. So he almost averaging the triple-double. He's being that lead guy on that team. He's finally stepping into that role as that lead guy for that team. And I feel like he uh, he deserves more more credit for what he's doing. And Pop came out the other day and said that DeJon, uh, Murray deserves deserve to be an all-star, uh, but he probably won't because our record sucks. Pop's not lying. That should be held against him. But I'm going to go ahead and give him the nine just from what he's doing this year. 19-8-8 is like, that's amazing. Um, so I got KP, Murray, Rudy Gobert. Shout out to uh, Devin. Devin, though, <laughs> he got something against Rudy Gobert for whatever reason. So Rudy Gobert, uh, I got Rudy Gobert. Then I got Ja in there. I got Ja, Booker, CP3, and Mitchell. I feel like most of those guys are guys that should be in there. Um a guy before the season. So I told y'all about the Colin Sexton thing. I said two players before the season were going to be all-stars. Colin Sexton and SGA. I was wrong on the SGA point. I'm, I'm Lawrence, I'm saying right now to you as a man that I said that SGA was going to be an all-star this year, and he has not proven to be an all-star this year. I thought he was going to make that leap, not just in, in stats, but in wins. That was the leap I wanted to see. I wanted him to see to be a better team overall in winning. And uh, he, we're not really getting that. He has breakout games, but uh, he hasn't made that. He hasn't made that jump to be an all star. Another player that's going to be left out, which is sad, is going to be De- um, De- uh, De'Aaron Fox and uh, Bi. De'Aaron Fox just got to get out of Sacramento, man. If he came out, if he came out east, I, I feel like he could be he could be play for the Philadelphia 76ers. He could be more so in the all star conversation if he came out east and played for the 76ers. But I don't know if the Kings go trade him, and I don't know if the uh, Philly go trade Ben Simmons for him, but it's whatever. So yeah, that's those are my seven: KP, Murray, Rudy Gobert, Jai, Book, CP3, and Mitchell. Throw them to you, Lawrence. Who you got? All right, bad, bad, bad. So yeah, I got CP3 as well. I got Booker. Um, Jai ain't my starter, but he in the rotation, so Jai's on there. I got Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I don't know. I'm going to speak on this Carlton Towns because it seems that all he needed to get going was some dude to talk some trash to him via social media. Like what Joel Embiid said, I don't, I'm not going to share what he said on these airways, but if you want to know the pictures are out there for what Joel said to him and maybe that's all the spark he needed. Maybe that, or maybe Jordan whispered something into his ear. You never know. You never know what gets these players going. Um, I got Rudy on there as well. As long, I mean, I don't like the dude either, but I call a thing a thing. And last but not least, the Splash Bros are reunited. I got Clay Thompson on my roster. Clay Thompson on my roster. There's some guys that might be left off, oh, but wow. you ain't get it this year. I didn't understand you to put Clay on there. What, what, <laughs> what, made, what made you? You got to explain this. What made you put Clay on there? Okay. 
I just felt like his journey and not to give up in terms of having two like season ending injuries back to back, that can take a lot out of somebody that can really like put you in a dark place mentally, physically. But what made me give him the vote for the last spot was the game against Detroit where they blew them out. I saw him moving off that right leg. Like nothing's happened. Like, he was putting full force friction down on, on backdoor cuts. He was jumping and like he was going to go punch it on somebody, like dunk on somebody is what I mean. And he was moving without any hesitation. And for those of y'all who know who've had injury that severely, that's a big part of it, getting over that mental hurdle of I trust my body yet again. So I think because of that, because of his story, um, because he's playing great ball, mind you, there's still about – Two, three weeks left until, like, the um, All-Star game. So I think he can, he has enough time to work his name up in there until a reserve spot. And it would be like old times for Golden State, having three having a three-headed monster, for my list at least, making the All-Star game. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I'm glad you said that because I did, I did leave Draymond out. I don't think Draymond deserved to be All-Star game, even though he is a, a important piece to that Golden State roster. Important piece. I don't think he deserves to be an all-star. And one guy we both left out is Andrew Wiggins. You you don't think Andrew deserves that not? Bruh. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. I feel like because the way our world is moving and because the way that we are um, advancing in technology and, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, safe spaces around the world now, it's, hard, it's easy for people to accept being average and like Russell said, you know, I'm a champion every day because I made it to the NBA. No, bro. If you have that mindset, you could have just stayed in the YMCA or playing pickup ball somewhere. Andrew Wiggins had a lot of hype on his name coming out of high, coming out of Huntington prep had a lot of hype on his name. People were saying this was the one he hasn't delivered that. And now he he seems to have got himself in a good space in terms of being in a winning culture and being surrounded by winners. And maybe that's what he needed because at Kansas, Bill tried to paint him like he was the guy, but he's not the guy. So I don't know where these votes are coming for from him. Maybe all of Canada's voting for him. Maybe all the Golden State's voting for him. I don't know. <laughs> but they're guessing his head up, and it's not gonna it's not gonna pan over too well. I feel you. I feel you on that. that that's one of the reasons I, I didn't put him on there because I feel like it's more of a Golden State thing than the Andrew Wiggins thing. Nothing against him. He has to put in the work. He has to have talent. But I feel like it's more of a system thing with the Golden State more so than the Andrew Wiggins thing. And I'm an Andrew Wiggins fan because, like you just said, he played for Kansas. Kansas is my squad as far as college basketball. Bill Self is my guy. He always be choking the NCAA tournament, but Bill is my guy overall, man. Uh, but so that's the all star starters and reserves for both of us, man. Uh, before we before we end out, we just want to get to two more things, which is going to be who we have as far as the top three for MVP, the top three for rookie of the year, and for you, who is your top three players right now for the current MVP race? All right, uh, usually I don't do this, but tonight I'm gonna give you my top three in order. In order, to this point in the season, number one, your boy, Giannis. 
I think this will give him my three MVPs, which is some rare air. But he's out there. He, he's earning it. And as much as I come down on him in the group chat, as much as I come down on him on social media, at the end of the day, he winning. And I don't know what more you can ask from a competitive standpoint. Number two, I got Jokic. He he hearing all the all the boos. He, he he taking all the cheap and dirty shots. Shout out to the Morris twins. And he's like, you know what? Cool. Say less. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out here and drop 45 on your head. And we're gonna walk away with a W. I'm gonna get my youngins like Bones Highland. Shout out to him. And I'm gonna get him to drop six threes on your head. And then third, I got Chris Paul. I have Chris Paul on there because after one, making it to the finals last year, a lot of people counted it as a fluke. A lot of people said, bro, y'all only got there because Anthony Davis got hurt. A lot of people said y'all only got there because Kawhi wasn't paying for the Clippers. A lot of people said y'all only got here because, you know, out of the remaining people, y'all were the best team and everybody else got hurt. Well, here they are again. Back to back, you know my rule. You know my rule. Do it back to back years and we can talk. But it for me, for Chris, it's more so as he's been doing this ever since he left Houston. No bad blood. But when he was in Houston, I thought he was done for. He came up with that bad hamstring in game six. I thought he was done for, about to retire. You had a good run, my guy. He went to OKC. They had a .8 chance of making the playoffs. Got in there. He comes to Phoenix. And literally the day he was traded, there's already pictures of him and Devin in the lab working together. So he's put in the time, put in the effort to not make it something like, oh, yeah, we only got here on some type of technicality because other people were hurt. He has people like Jay Crowder splashing threes. Cam Johnson. Now, not this year, but last year, had DeAndre Ayton looking like a top three center in the league. That's tough because I definitely don't believe in DeAndre. (laughs) I definitely don't believe in him. But he had him looking right. And then again this year, the first team of 30 wins. I think still they even they haven't even lost double digit games yet. I mean, you could argue that him and Devin are the best backcourt in basketball right now. You could argue that. So that's why I got Chris Paul on there. Um, that's my three. Uh, I actually wanna let me give you a slow clap. It's not really a slow clap, but it's a clap. But yeah, I I can't like that's that's a perfect three. Um. Chris Paul was definitely this definitely in mind. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo um, and Yoke, but uh, are all three in mind as well. So that's kind of we kind of got the same one because one one thing about and like I said, we don't talk about this before we come on air. This this whatever he just caught me off guard. So one about Yoke, he's without his two best players. He's without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And he's still going out there putting up 25, damn near 26, 13 rebounds, damn near 14, and seven assists a game. Like, still in winning. And his team hasn't fallen in the bottom of the West. He's still out there winning. Very so tough. You got to give him credit for that. Giannis is Giannis. He's doing his thing. He, uh, of course, he's had the 28 points, 11 rebounds, six assists. He's this Giannis, Giannis is being Giannis, he's doing his thing, dominating. Like I said, if he's able to get that third MVP, that'll put him in rare air, like you said, up there where only a few players have done, just to name a few off the top. Uh, Bird, 
uh, Jordan, um, uh, LeBron, of course. Like, not many players. Huh? Curry got two. Steve Nash got two. Shaq don't even got multiple. Kobe don't even got multiple. So it's like that'll put him in red air right there. Um, and uh, Chris, I feel like Chris has slept on, man. Like, I'm glad you gave him his flowers because people rolled him. They wrote him off after that Houston stint. They, they said he was done. He's no longer a player. He was average. Like, him and him and um, Harden wasn't matching. I wish we would have kept Chris, though, because I wanted it to work. But whatever, we let him go. Uh, but they they wasn't trying to listen to his philosophy of how to run a team. And they got rid of him. And he was he was just a standoff. He was just a standoff um, spot-up shooter. That was it in Houston. Then he left there, had a resurgence in OKC, and then he left there. He got traded from there, went to Phoenix, and finally and broke through and made it to the NBA Finals. Man, amazing, amazing. And and, and uh, um, the NBA in the past has always been guard-friendly when it comes to MVP. Like when you look back over the years, like long, like not, not recent years, but a while back, like Allen Iverson getting the MVP. Steve Nash can MVP. Like they always have been like they always big up the little man. But for whatever reason, they never really big up Chris Paul. Cause I feel like last year Chris Paul should have been MVP. I feel like last year he should have got the MVP. Last year he should have won it. He was the player. And I know people look at his numbers and say, well, he don't have like the eye-dropping numbers like a Giannis or Jewel or a Yoke. He's averaging 14 assists, 11. I mean, 14 points, 11 assists, 10, 10 11 assists. Like, that's, that's not nothing to jump off the screen, but just look at the impact what Lawrence just talked about. Look at the impact he's making on that team to make them a better team. So I feel like Chris Paul, Yoke, and Giannis are perfect. I mean, you got players like Joel who's making a late surge, who's coming. He's making a late surge, and you got to give credit to players like John Morant, who's doing this thing as well. And um and players like that and Kevin Durant was leading the way. Kevin Durant and Curry were leading the way early on the season, but like Lawrence said, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You could come out in 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 October, November, December, and just go crazy. But how you doing in January? How you doing in February? What you doing in March? Like that. That's that's when you close the MVP race out. Like it's good to come out to a great start, but how you go? How you gonna close that thing out? And that's what I feel like. Curry is suffering from right now. He came out and had an amazing jump off, but he kind of died off now. He's not really in a lot of MVP races anymore, but he's still in the conversation because he's Curry. He can all he can catch fire at any moment. And Kevin Durant just went down with an injury. That's kind of really slowing him down. So he got to miss a, he got to miss a while for injury. Um, but yeah, man, that's my, my so let's jump into this one. Um, I, I just want to make one more uh, take on Chris Paul for for those of y'all out there that are like yeah, well. Chris got Devin, and I just want to make this point because, you know, for those that are watching, I'm a big Devin Booker stand. My man out there is – I'm not going to say who he is because he even told y'all stop saying that man's name associated with him. But when my brother Matt here says, nine years it took Devin to get in the playoffs, and that didn't happen without Chris. I mean, wherever Chris go, it seems like good things happen. Facts. At some point in another, you, you – you got to give him that MVP. Some point in another, you're going to have to, I mean, something got to give. Something got to give. Facts. So, um, this next one's going to be uh, rookie of the year. So, Lawrence, for the people that don't know, Lawrence is the draft guru. We got he got he got some stuff coming out soon. I ain't gonna say nothing about his his upcoming projects, but he got some stuff coming out soon to kind of to kind of lay his foundation for his uh his future. 
Um, so I'm gonna jump into it. Just give. I want you to give us your. You can do three or you can do five, whichever one you feel like you got to list up to. You probably got it up to ten, but we just go. We just gonna cap it at three, three or five, whichever how far you want to go as far as rookie of the year. Who's your Who's your top players right now as far as rookie of the year? So I'm gonna split the baby with you. I got four. I got four that really just like hopped off the screen this year. Um, and I, once again, I usually don't do this for y'all listening, but tonight all these are in order. And this is a, if I had a rookie ladder, this would be the exact order. One, my boy from out west, Evan Mobley. Talk about a franchise cornerstone. I've seen Evan guarding out on the perimeter. I've seen Evan blocking shots in the paint. I've seen Evan leading a break. And I've seen Evan catching lobs. Like we said about Curry shooting 38% in this little uh, slump he's having, don't let Evan ever be able to shoot 38% from three. Because it'll be lights out. Don't let Evan ever be able to shoot 38%. The league is in his hands. Second, I got Matt's fave. Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner out in Orlando. If y'all don't know who he is, y'all need to tune into some Orlando basketball. Because not only is he putting up numbers, he don't back down from people. And that's something I really enjoy watching from not just young players, but anybody. Just because that's LeBron, just because it's Luka, just because it's Giannis. At the end of the day, you're trying to beat that man across from you. Don't back down to him. Don't. If it was me, you shouldn't be wearing that man's shoes if he has his own shoe. Because this is the con. you got to go beat him. And that's what Franz does. Third, I got Cade Cunningham. He was hurt early on. But from what I've seen from him in this late, uh, in this little midseason push, he a bucket. He'll go get a bucket whenever he need to go get a bucket. Six, eight point guard, big body, can take your point guard in the post, can bring your post player outside. Give Detroit a few years. Give Detroit a few years, and they're gonna be they're gonna be what Charlotte is today. There and then fourth, the steal of the draft. AU DeSumo for Chicago. My boy is cooking. Ooh. It's criminal. It's criminal that he went second round, 48th, I believe. Criminal. I mean, he was 6'6. All-American shooting guard from Illinois. Granted, they did get upset by Chicago Loyola, uh, Loyola. But still, if you look at his game, I'm just so happy that he's in a good uh, locker room full of good vets that can teach him the ropes, can show him tricks in the league, and show him how to be an all-around professional professional because man is an issue. And it shows in his game he's getting serious minutes. Those are my four guys. Um, honorable mention, I guess I'll go with, uh, man, it hurts to say it, but it's like honorable mention, Scotty Barnes, because I feel like if Scotty Barnes was in a different team, he could be first or second on this list. So those are my people like right that. there. I like that. I like that. I, I, I like that a lot. So just to give mine, I like Evan. I'm, I'm going to get mine in order as well. I like Evan at number one. Um, I will say this. Oh, my goodness. This is this is a different territory thing. This is the third time I'm mentioning me being wrong about something. And, it, and it's, it's such a different territory because I'm never usually wrong. All my takes are always perfect. <laughs> but, no, nah, seriously, I was wrong about Evan Mobley. So, uh, 
that's one thing I, I my my thing wasn't the Evan Mobley thing. My thing was a big man thing. I don't trust big men coming out the draft until they actually get into the NBA and do something. It's hard for me to take a big man first overall or even in my top five unless there's nobody else available because I just don't trust big men. I rather I rather take a chance on a on a point guard or a, a, a wing, a six 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 five wing. Like I, that's just me, but. Mobley has been proved. He's proven to me that he's a baller. Like I can't take anything away from him. Went third overall. I wish we would have took him in Houston, and he's doing his thing. So I got Evan number one, um, right behind Evan. I got the guy that went number one overall, and number two is K. Um, Cunningham. Um, K- Cunningham is balling. He was he like I said, he had a late start in the season because his injury, but he's coming coming on late. Fifteen points a game, five rebounds, five assists. If he can get that average of points up to about twenty. He can do something that only LeBron, Tyreek Evans, and Michael Jordan did in their rookie season, and that's average 25, 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists. So um, he he's he's right there to be kind of in the, in the era that nobody else has been in, other than some all time greats outside of, of course, Tyreek Evans. Um, after that, I actually have um, my man Wagner. I, I like him. I like him a lot, dog. Like like Lauren said, if you're not watching any Orlando Magic games. You need to check him out. And I like how he went at Luca the other day. They was getting blew out, and he still kind of went at Luca. And I, I like that. Like, like, yeah, we on the court. Yeah, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show reverence to you. I'm gonna respect you. You the vet. You the you the star in the NBA. I got you. I'm gonna show you love. But once we get on the court, it's no more love. It's like we 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 hooping. Like I'm going at you 100, and I'm not holding anything back. And I feel like I like and I like when young like a player that did that early on. And I caught it early on. Not saying I discovered it, but I just I noticed from it early on was Jalen Brown. Like Jalen Brown, when he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Boston Celtics, his his rookie year, his second year, and they was going against LeBron. He was out there saying like, "Bro, I know he's LeBron, but we going at LeBron. Like I'm not scared of LeBron. Like we like I, I respect him. I got love for him. I grew up watching him, of course. But once we get on the court, it's none of that buddy buddy stuff. We is hooping." And I, I, so I like when rookies come to the lead and have that mentality. Like I said, you show respect, you show love, you show reverence. But when you're on the court, it's like, as long as you're not being disrespectful, it's like we hooping. And in my fourth spot, I got um, I got Scotty. I like Scotty, man. Two way, two way wing player, fourteen points a game, eight rebounds, three assists. Um, he's in a he's in a winning situation, a nice a nice organization um, up there in uh, Toronto with a lot of nice pieces around him. He doesn't have he doesn't have the responsibility as some of these other players on these lists like uh, Evan or like especially K. K probably got the most responsibility out of all. Like K is looked at to be the best player on his team. Evan, even though he's on the team where he has to perform, he still has Darius and he still has players like Kevin Love that that been around and he got Jerry Allen that that I just we just both picked him. I mean, I just picked him as an All Star, so he got players around him that he can lean on. Um, Evan, he can lean on. Uh, I mean, Scotty can lean on um, Fred Van Fleet, who we just talked about. He can lean on um, Pascal Siakam. Cade is like he leaning on himself right now. I know they got Jerry um, uh, Grant over uh, Jeremy Grant, but he's not really. He hasn't really been playing, and it's not really no super, no star players, no 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 regular all star player over there, or no regular NBA star over there that he has to depend on. He's kind of he's kind of he's setting that foundation over there. So I wish him the best. And um, Wagner too. He doesn't really have nobody over there with him, Orlando. Uh, uh, but he still has young talent. I'm talking about veteran talent. He has young talent. He has Cole Anthony, who's doing this thing in his second year, and he has players like um, he still has the player that got drafted with him, Jalen Suggs. And they still have some vets over there, but they just don't have no. I'm talking about vets. Like vets can be a lot of things. 
you don't have to be a superstar or NBA starter or like a, a guaranteed um, all NBA player to give knowledge to a young player as a vet. If you've been in the NBA five plus years, you know your way around the rope, you you learn a thing or two, six years, seven years, you can give knowledge. And he has players like that out there, but he has no players out there that kind of like was were like once upon an all-star. So I wish I wish him the best. But uh those are my those are my four as well. One guy I want to talk about, and I'm gonna leave it at this. Jalen Green. Now, I, I, I bigged you up, Jalen, coming into this season. I hope you're listening. I, I hope one day you come on here and talk with me. I bigged you up going into the season. Now, I will say you're not playing horribly. Your shooting percentage leaves a lot to desire. I will say that. But you are averaging 15 a game, three rebounds, and two assists. So coming up to me, you're just a straight scorer. You are a smaller guard size-wise. Height-wise, you're about 6'3", 6'4". But size-wise, you're not a big dude. You got to get some weight on you. Or at least get strong. I'm not saying you got to be a bulk dude, but you at least want to get get strong, strength, um, so you can stop getting thrown around. But Jalen, I, I, I just want more. I, I, I'm not happy with what I'm seeing so far. You're showing a lot of promise. The only thing, I'm going to be honest, Jalen, with you. The only thing that's really I'm not happy with is all this talking you did leading up into the season to get out here and do what you're doing. Like, if, well, you, if you didn't say anything coming into the season and just came, like, K, he, K was just like, I'm just coming in the hoop. I'm happy to be in the NBA. I just want to play. And he's doing what he's doing. But you were just talking so much that for you to do all that, I expected more from you coming into the season. It's good to have confidence. It's good to believe in yourself. I'm not trying to knock you down, brother. I want, I want to lift you up. But I'm just saying, that's why, that's my content. That's what I have an issue with. You did so much talking and going into the season that I expected more from you, and you have not been giving that to us. So that's my only issue. Overall, you're not really having a bad season for a rookie. You're doing actually pretty good. Not 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 the best, because this rookie class is pretty deep. Not the best. But you're not, you're not. You're not doing what you like. You was talking stuff about K, talking stuff about you don't want to play in Detroit, talking stuff about how you gonna be rookie of the year, average twenty again. All this, we didn't, we didn't need that. Now here we are, all star break, and you're not like I said, you're averaging fifteen a game for a rookie. That's good. I'm not even gonna play you fifteen a game for a rookie is good, but I just expected more, and that's that's all I gotta say about my my boy Jalen Green. I know Lawrence. Lawrence kind of Lawrence hyped me up to, to believe the Jalen Green train, and like I said, I ain't jumping off the train yet. But, uh, <laughs> I was full too. I, look, I'll say this: them summer highlights look good when the competition you play when you play against is very low. That's okay. all. Maybe you should have went to college, Jalen. Maybe because Caden Evan went to college. Thanks. Bonds with even AU. Even Scotty. I'm not saying this G League route was bad because, look, like Matt said, you average a 15 a game. You get, you do making good strides. Y'all have a lot of turmoil over there. You know, there's a lot of fighting coaches, fighting play. There's a lot of stuff happening. But who forced you to say you glad you didn't go to Detroit? Nobody. You decided to say that on your, because of yourself. You decided to come out and say, I think I'm number one talent worthy. That was you. That's all we're saying. That's it. That's all we're saying. No no hate against the young brother. We wish you the best. Hopefully you turn it around and do better going towards the future. 
Um, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not jumping ship. I'm just giving criticism. And on these young folks nowadays, you give criticism, they think you hating on them. It's just it's no hate. It's just just call it how I see it, young man. Just call it how I see it. So we're gonna move into this last NBA topic, man. It's gonna be NBA trade deadline is coming up pretty fast on this. So the NBA trade deadline is in February, and around this time, a lot of teams make a lot of moves because a lot of teams are trying to make moves to get into the um the playoffs. So not playoff, make a championship run. So the deadline, like I said, it's going to be February. To be the exact date, it's February 10th. Lawrence, for you, who is that one team you feel like needs to make a move? Not saying you know the exact player, but if you know somebody that you think they should go get, drop the name. But if you don't know anybody, that's fine. But if you, what's one team, the one or two teams that you feel like needs to make a move? One or two teams out there that you feel like, come on, man, it, it, like if it's, it's either now or never. All right, so. Two teams I'm going to give you. I'm, I'm not even going to talk on the Lakers because we're going to be realistic on this show. We're not going to you know, sell people hopes and dreams or whatnot. So I got Boston on there. Y'all need to go get a true point guard. This Dennis Shooter stuff not working. The Kimba stuff didn't work. The Kyrie didn't work. Y'all need to go get a true point guard. Someone that comes to mind, Jalen Brunson. Go get him. Before he hits free agency, you got to pay him 84, which is what he's looking for, and let and see if that's what something you'd want to invest in. Sample the milk before you buy it. Second, Dallas. Y'all gonna go get Lucas some help. I'm tired of watching Dorian Finney Smith take wide open threes and brick. I'm tired of seeing Tim Hardaway Jr. take wide open threes and brick. Now KP be having his moments. He kind of like um for my Marvel fans out there, he kind of like Moon Knight. He he one day he a All Star uh, candidate. The next day, he asking for a dollar on the street, looking homeless. You never know what you're gonna get with KP, and you for sure. I know Mark don't want to waste Lucas Prime coming up short in the second round, coming up short in the first round. So those are two teams I feel like definitely need to make a move. Um, I would have said Philly, but we know how stubborn Daryl Morey is. Yeah, so for me, I feel like uh, those are good picks, though. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I didn't even think about the Dallas thing. But like you said, you can't – like superstars are showing y'all, y'all can't continue to waste their prime, and they can sit around and let it be wasted. They're not, those, those days – that was the early 2000s. That Those days are over. <laughs> LeBron changed the landscape of that 100%. Those days are over. Superstars, unless they just really just out to get the bag – they not just sitting around waiting their time, they prime wasted by a dysfunctional organization. Not saying Mavericks are dysfunctional, but just get Lucas some help. I mean, I'm not saying y'all not trying. Yeah, they go out there and get KP, and he is underperforming based on what I thought he was going to be. But it, it, it didn't work, so let's get back out there and try something else. Don't just say, oh, well, we tried, and now we done. No, that didn't work. All right, what's the next move? So um, that's that's good. Cause they got they got I got the first round this year. They, like Clippers beat them back to back years. Come on, man, it's time they got the first round. Especially if Jai go out there and get out the first round, which I think he will. That's gonna look even more. <laughs> like, come on, man, time to time to get something on. Y'all got a new coach and Jay Kidd. Wishing Jay Kidd the best. Um, for me, it's gonna be the Phoenix Suns. So the game when they played the Warriors, the first time they played them. They beat them the second time. The next, the next two times they lost. And what stood out to me is that the Phoenix Suns have to go out there and get somebody to be a wing, a three-way wing, a three-D wing, um, three-way wing. I mean, two-way wing, a, a three-and-D wing. That's what I'm saying. 
uh, a wing that can go out there and play both sides, but can put up buckets. And one that come to mind is Grant from Detroit. I feel like they need to go out there and get Grant. He's been injured, but he's coming back soon. But I feel like he'd be a good piece over there for y'all to be that the wing position. Because like you said, as far as we can't keep Luca can't keep dishing um, shots out there to get um wide get wide open breaks by certain player. I feel the same thing about Jay Crowder. He does hit occasionally, but I would rather throw the Grant on that wing and let him either shoot the three or create than throw the Jay Crowder. Just my my purpose. Nothing against Jay Crowder. He's like a great team player guy. And he's like he ride for you. But like, yeah, y'all, y'all gotta make that move to get over that hump. Like Chris Paul, he's getting older. Y'all got um Aiden, y'all got Booker. Y'all need to make that move to get that three way wing and I mean th- that two that two way wing a three D player though. Somebody can play in um this man. And y'all got Mikael Bridges. He just hasn't made that jump yet, but he is good. He is good. I like him a lot, but he just hasn't haven't made uh made that jump yet. So, but somebody like that. Um, another team that I think needs to make a move is going to be um Philly. So I'm gonna say this, and I know Lauren said we know Daryl Moore is stubborn, and I know for a fact he was once my GM in Houston, and when he was our, our GM, he was a GM that traded everybody. Now that he in Philly and he's being stingy, it's like I don't know who this Daryl Moore is. Because he was in Houston, dog. If your name wasn't James Harden, yo, you was potentially to be traded. You was, you was, you could have been traded. But he swung for the fence, and I give Daryl credit for that. He was always a GM that swung for the fences. He was like, we're not going to be stagnant in our efforts on the court. If we can get better, uh, try to get better, we're going to do it. He tried it multiple times, trading for Ty Lawson. Uh, trading on uh, signing Jeremy Lin, uh, trading for uh, signing Dwight Howard, um, bringing in Chris Paul, bringing in Westbrook. Like Daryl Moore is a GM that swings for the fences. Like and I kind of have that same mentality. It's either we winning or we not. It, to me, it don't matter how we lose. If we lose by a blowout, or we lose a close game. We still lost at the end of the day. So either we swing, we swing for the fences and going for the game, or we go take this L and lose and, and say, oh, even though we lost, we came down to a game seven. No, if we lost in the game seven, or if we lost if we lost in the game seven of Western Conference Finals, and we lost in the game seven of the first round, to me it's still a loss. And Kobe used to say the same thing. Kobe said either we won a championship or we didn't. Like losing in the playoffs is just like not making the playoffs to, for Kobe. That's what he used to say. Like it's, it don't matter. Either you win a championship or you don't. And I had that same mentality with everything. And I feel like Daryl had that same mentality. But now with Philly, he's up against it because Ben Simmons is forcing his way out with multiple years left on his deal. And I talked, like I said, I talked to people about this before. I feel like Ben, I feel like Philly is trying to send a message to not just Ben Simmons, but to everybody in the NBA that a player cannot force his way out of the organization with multiple years left on this deal. Because if you do that, you're going to start a new precedent around the NBA, a ripple effect that players are going to sign a Supermax for that one year. And that very next year, they're going to ask for a trade out their organization because now they got their money and now they can force their way out with multiple years left on their deal. And I feel like Philly, the owner, and GM and I mean Elton Brand is a GM. Daryl Moore is play, um, president of basketball operations and the owner. They have owners around the NBA. They have execs around the NBA. They might even have uh, Adam Silver in their ear saying, "Do not trade that young man because if you do that, you're going to start a ripple effect in the NBA. It's going to be just like when LeBron left Cleveland and went to Miami. It started something that changed the whole landscape of the NBA." And these owners are not going to go for it because they're going to get down to the collective bargain agreement and they're going to be like, why should we guarantee you this much amount of money for five years if you can probably just leave leave the year after that with four years left on your deal? Why, why would we do that? 
and and that's going to make them go and renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement. And the owner's going to want something else to give them more insurance that if we sign the player for five years, he can't just leave after year two of that contract. So that's why I feel like they won't trade Ben because they have. Because I feel like I feel like if you look at the trade rumors, and not saying that true or not, but if you look at some of these rumors, these trades are not bad. Getting Darren Fox, um, Hollenberg, Brad, um, Buddy Hill for for um, Bill, I mean for Ben is not bad. Not at all. That's what I'm saying. Like some of these offers, like these offers are not bad. Like I see, I seen one offer that said something about trading him to um to Denver before Michael Porter Jr. got hurt for like um Michael Porter Jr. Um, and it's some more some more pieces over there. Like some of these offers are not bad. So I'm yeah. Like, they deliberately are saying no to all of them because they know if they trade them, it's gonna start a ripple effect in the NBA. And the NBA is not ready for that. And the, and the Philly, it don't they don't want to be the ones responsible for that. And like Lauren said, it may all it may I may just be speculating, and all that may just be nonsense. It may all just boil down to they're more they're more in the owners of the Philadelphia 76 is being stubborn. It may just boil down to that, like Lauren said, they being stubborn. They feel played. They like what you mean you want to leave your time country. So it could be a lot of things. But that's that's my stance on it. So, but that's those are two things I feel like should make a move is Philly and uh, Phoenix Suns. That that one trade um, that you said you saw for De'Aaron Fox, man, I, I I don't know what is in the air in Philly. May I don't know if it was a, a certain uh, cheesesteak he ate, Daryl. That is, I would have got De'Aaron Fox in the house ASAP. ASAP. De'Aaron Fox with Joel and. You got Matisse. You it, 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 you got Tyrese Maxey. Even if you say, all right, bro, we don't want De'Aaron Fox. If you take Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey in the backcourt, hold on now. Hold on now. We, we might be doing something. Because you look at it. What do you need in the East to survive? You need a big body to get past Giannis. You have that in Joel. And you need young athletic wings and guards to be able to run with the likes of Chris Middleton, Zach Levine, um, LaMelo Ball, like people like that. You need to be able to compete. You need someone to be able to lock down a Trey Young, who Philly lost to. I, I would bet my, I would put money down that De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton can stay in front of Trey Young. Or if not stay in front of him, you don't have to send additional help. Like taking Ben, like when you had to take Ben Simmons, who you normally guards fours and fives, take him off that and put him on Trey Young. You wouldn't have to do that with De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I feel like like De'Aaron Fox with Joel Halliburton and and Buddy. Oh my championship! Like I feel like they would be in a championship race with Joel playing the way he playing. Come on, man. Imagine that lineup with De'Aaron. Uh, you can go with Buddy or you can go with Howard, whoever you want to go with. But uh, one of them, then you got Tobias. Then you got, uh, 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 what's his name? The light skinned guy. Um, what's his name? The wing for uh, Philly. Oh, I cannot think of No, nah, not him. Uh, I cannot think of his name right now. But the last thing started with a T. Slipping my mind right now. But him and Joel, them boys would be some runners. I was about you know what's funny? Buddy is trying to get out of Sacramento. Exactly. Like, actively. <laughs> He's trying to get out. And so it's funny to me. It's like, like you said, maybe there is a conspiracy where, like, Adam and these dudes here, like, bro, if you trade him, just know it's going to come behind it. And I noticed a whole thing going on about, like, 
Clutch Mafia, Clutch Mafia. It's kind of like, look, said, if you want to play, though, you're about to be in before. You, you talk to Rich Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all rich. Is your dude ready to leave? Can we get him out of here? Whatever the case may be, because I tell you this, Taylor on the block too, because he's underperformed. Yeah, that. So, so we're gonna see what they decide to do. Uh, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, we're gonna see what they try to do. But yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, close up. But before we close up, I just want my man Lawrence to to to. I'm not even go. I talked about this already, and I'm done with it. But I want Lawrence to talk about two things, and we're not even gonna be here long. Two things for Lawrence, and I'm let, I'm against giving the mic, and I'm gonna sit back. I want him to talk about his. I can't I can't bring him on and not have bring it up. His Dallas Cowboys, his current stand on his Dallas Cowboys, and if you want to throw in some divisional round picks this for this weekend, go ahead and throw. I, I gave mine already. Yeah, if y'all listened to the last episode, of Open Trial Podcast, I did with my man Ethan. I gave my picks already for this uh, upcoming weekend. If you don't remember, I just say them briefly, and I'm going to give the mic to Lawrence and let him do his thing. Um, Bengals over Titans, Packers over Niners, Rams over Bucks, and Chiefs over the Bills. Those are my picks for this upcoming weekend. But now I'm going to give the mic to Lawrence. You can talk about you can talk about your Cowboys for the next five minutes. We've got five minutes, so you can talk about the Cowboys for the next five minutes, or you can break it up and do Cowboys individual picks. It's on you. The mic is yours. I'm going to mute my mic, and I'm going to sit back and enjoy the show. I got you. So I'm going to start out with them boys. First off, I want to say we're not as bad as what everybody trying to meet, like you, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the Harry Richardsons, all them talking heads. They get enjoyment off of the Cowboys losing. For whatever reason, that might be they fighting their own personal demons. And all we can do is pray for them men individually and hope all is well. But I will say, Dak ain't that man. You heard it here from me on this airways. Other people have heard it from me via text message. Dak's not him. And I'll tell you something else. If Dak was white, we'd be calling him a game manager. But because of the color of his skin, there are some type of athleticism blessing that's bestowed upon um, black quarterbacks and actually being able to perform because what he, what he did at the game paid is inexcusable. And exactly what Troy Aikman said in terms of there's no way CD lamps had only had one target against the 49ers. They were playing man to man. And Troy's, I don't want to quote him exactly, but I do remember him saying, if he would have saw that with Michael Irvin, Michael would have had 10 catches at halftime. You must be crazy. Secondly, um, I feel like we're not that far away. We're not that far away from the ultimate goal. If we could just, um, in Fridge, see, just free, uh, get some better offensive linemen in there. I'm looking at Alex Lewis, Lincoln Thomaslin, and some better safeties. Uh, Perfect World, Devin McCourty. Tyron Matthew, I know there ain't a lot of cap space in Dallas. Um, in terms of my picks, I got the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, a.k.a. the best tight end in the world, and not only because of his play, but he has amazing decision-making. If you know, you know. Um, also, I got – I'm going to roll with the Rams. I'm going to roll with the Rams for Odell. That's all for Odell and my homeboy, Bobby Evans. Shout out to you. Um, who else we got on there? 
Oh yeah, Green Bay gotta gotta send Jimmy G home because Jimmy G almost choked away a double digit lead. He did everything in his power to choke that game away. Dak's just not that man. Dak's just not him. I I I don't know why you run up the middle of the field with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. Maybe he thought it was Madden. Maybe he thought he's playing NCAA 08. I don't know. Um, and then finally, I got um, who's the one in the AFC? Oh. I'm rocking. I'm rocking with Joey B. Just like on the, just like on this show last episode, Joey B. Getting it done. I feel like it's too much pressure on Derrick Henry coming back to run 25 times a game. If that, that's too much pressure on man. That's too much pressure. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. And if Joey B. Win this game, he top 10 quarterback. He top eight quarterback going into next year. Joey B. My man Joey B. So yeah, man. So make sure you so so just to make sure. Got my man Lawrence on, on wax. You got uh 49ers losing to uh in their next matchup against the Green Bay. You got Bengals over Titans, Rams over Bucks, and who who did you say for Bills and Chiefs? I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Chiefs, okay, yeah. Uh, I said I said uh, uh, my previous episode said my gut telling me the Bills, but I'm gonna go against my gut and say the Chiefs, um, and we're gonna see how it go. But yeah, man, that's gonna be it for us, man. This is an amazing episode. We've been on here for a while, hour and thirty, man. I did an episode this long in a while, so we just had a lot to talk about. You know, I had to catch up with my man Lawrence. We haven't I haven't had him on in a while. I'm gonna have to get him back on again, man. Especially with the um with the NBA finals coming up very very soon, and of, of course the Super Bowl coming up ultra soon this next month. So we get we definitely got to get you back on here again, and, and, and definitely when it come down for NCAA time, NCAA basketball. Uh, like I said, my man Lawrence is the draft guru, so I know I know I have other friends out there that want to do uh, mock drafts, and I and I respect it. I promise you, my man, a couple of them, I ain't gonna lie, a couple of them, but Lawrence is the draft guru, so I'm I'm a, I'm a lean on my man Lawrence when it comes to the drafting. So. But uh, that's going to be it for us, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. Lawrence, got anything to say before we close out? Y'all stay safe. Stay blessed out here. Appreciate it. Thank y'all for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. Like I said, before you, you've been here the whole episode, it will be cool for you to not like, subscribe, and share with it for you. Come on. Show some love. Thank y'all. Peace. <laughs>